0: don't look at this as a one size fits all, but look at it as how do I tailor my leadership to my specific followers? How do I empower them to be as peak as they can be? Because your peak performer is different from my peak performer is different from anybody else's. We're skinning cats, man. We're skinning cats. And as long as I judge things as long as it's ethical, as long as it's legal, and as long as we're within policy, we're good, dude. We're good. Might not be the way that I would do it, but we have to kind of learn by doing sometimes, right? So Mm -hmm. we're going to stretch that competency as far as we can go. And all I'm going to do is sit there and support.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Handbook, your guide to life, leadership, and health. I am your host, Gene Reed. That quote you just heard was our guest for episode number nine, Mr. J.P. Pizer, who is a police sergeant with the Newcastle County Police. He is a 13-year veteran there. He's been a sergeant for almost five years and somebody that I've had the pleasure of working with over the last few years. So J.P. wears several different hats at the county police. He's also a member of the SWAT team. He's a team leader there. He is a master instructor, and particularly he teaches – in a course called Command and Leadership, which basically goes over some basic and more advanced leadership philosophies, theories, principles, and that's why I want to have JP on because I want to start taking a little deeper dive in some of these theories that are out there, and that's why this particular episode is called A Leadership Lesson. So there will be more of these in the future. This episode in particular, JP, sheds some more light on situational leadership. It's one of the more basic and fundamental leadership theories that are out there so i hope everyone enjoys and as always if you learn something share something Lots of editing gonna happen let's do it are you ready now this is the third time of trying this woosa okay uh jp Pizer, thanks for coming on man gene
0: thanks for having me dude this is the most staged opening ever it's so bad <laughs> you know, we should have <laughs> Might as well just start it somewhere else, but that's okay. I'm glad to be here.
1: So, what we're doing today is going over some, well, actually, one basic leadership philosophy, and that is situational leadership. Yep. So, I brought you on. I won't call you an expert, but you're somebody who actually teaches this. So, if you
0: could just give everybody a little introduction to who you are and why we should listen to you. Yeah, I won't call me an expert either with this, but uh, I am an instructor with the new jersey chiefs of police command and leadership school it's the uh months-long school that we run at a headquarters involves a bunch of different agencies we're actually doing it all via zoom which has allowed us to branch out just got our first msp guy this really time. yeah i was thinking about you where's he out of i don't know buddy he's just msp you know who hasn't taken command and leadership who me i know yeah you're on the docket um yep but yeah, we have uh, a bunch of different agencies, so I, I teach that. I actually teach this section that involves this. It's the first section, deals with individual theories, um, as theories pertain to individuals. I really don't know. So, can you give me a layout of command and leadership? Sure. sure, like sure. So it's yeah. in four blocks, and it goes through different theories as it pertains to the individual, the group, like a small group, a uh, like a team, like a larger unit. And then as it pertains to the organization. So you basically just build and build and build. Then it looks at how to apply those theories meaningfully. And I think the term theory is good with it because it's not uh, it's not a one size fits all for everything. You know what I mean? So like what we're going to talk about today is just one bit, just one chunk, one small chunk of the overall picture. So if you have a Phillips head screw, this might be a hammer. You know what I mean? This might not fit it. Um, I'm glad you brought that up about theories
1: because I have a tendency to simplify leadership, Yeah, but really it's a vast ocean of,
0: yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a ton of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of things to try and what we're going to talk about today might not work for an issue that you have going on, but it might, it might be something to look at. I mean, like we were talking about before, I look at this with my kids and I use this sort of thing at home. Like, okay, what am, what am I doing wrong? I'm treating him in this fashion when I need to be treating him in this fashion, because this is where he's at right now with the task that we're doing. Right. So that got off, um, that got off of what you asked me. I asked about. you what your background was. Yeah. Sorry. So, it's okay. Uh, I'm in my second or third year teaching this with command and leadership through the County. Um, I'm a master police instructor for a few years. Um, a Sergeant, at the county police in Newcastle, and I've been employed for about thirteen years now. I've been a sergeant for almost five. Yeah, you're going to wow. get that senior sergeant bump here, yeah. Soon, that rocker, yeah. Cool, right? It's pretty cool. I mean, I think it looks nice. It's cool when you say rocker like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. What?
1: Do, how do you become a
0: master instructor? So you go through certified instructor school, and then every four years they have a selection process for. Um, Master instructors, 25 in the state. We actually just lost five. So we're going to open a process up here in a little bit. Spoiler alert, if that was a secret, we just had a meeting about it. But pretty much that's a uh, a pretty intensive five-day course. You have to put together a package on yourself for it and do PowerPoints and conduct presentations. We do one at the County. And then that pushes you off to the COPT board and you go in there and you interview in front of them and you present in front of them. It's a time presentation about yourself, what you've done, what you're teaching, how you teach. And then you go and you do a five day class that involves four research papers. Uh, major Moriarty reads them. Um, and, uh, he is a smart dude. Thank God he's nice. Um, but, they, you know, they were like uh, seven, eight page research papers every night. So you go do your class, you come home, you write those. It's mostly about education theories and how to get cops to learn. So then the point is you go out and you teach. You can also certify other police instructors. Right. But with COPT, we have to look at evaluating classes, evaluating curricul- curriculums, how they fit. And obviously that's going to be a hot topic coming up here with uh any police reform that comes or any training reform that comes down the pike how do you become an instructor for command and leadership um so i finished the class you have to go through it again right i don't even know when yeah so you have to go through it again yeah you attend the whole class again as a student instructor so you don't have to do all the work but you do have to work with groups just to make sure that you're on point with it and then uh retired Lieutenant Harden kind of gives you the blessing and says, okay, you're teaching this section. You know, he's, he's there the whole time. He's a very good resource for that class. Um, not a whole lot of questions that he hasn't answered or doesn't know the answer to with that. And, um, yeah, I think I've taught it once in person and twice on zoom. And let me tell you, this is difficult to teach on zoom where yeah, it's, this it's a s-
1: snoozer. The zoom atmosphere is just
0: documented, not a, a great, Spectrum for learning. Yeah. So we've tried to, I've tried to take some of the classes and model them. After that first year on Zoom, you look at it and you say, like, okay, I'm losing some interest. What do I need to do? Okay, let's put some more videos in. Let's bring things more contemporary. Let's get people involved. Figure out how to work it a little bit better. Um, asking questions or calling on people. Okay, so now I, I figured out I need two monitors, one so I can see my presentation and one so I can see you. So that when we're talking, we can actually have a meaningful discussion about what we're talking about. I'm an in-person teacher. That's how I do it. Yeah. Even when we have in-service for work, I mean, when you're
1: at home in front of that computer, something happens because the the attention spans out there, you're
0: snoozing. It's Oh, yeah. I mean, look at virtual. I mean, I I don't think think your daughter's old enough yet, but my eight-year-old is, golly, if I can keep you staring at that thing for a little bit, God bless his teacher. I had to sit there one day and I was doing command and leadership and he was doing the online learning and she is every three minutes it's nick are you paying attention braddy listening brad are you there turn your camera on please brad you know it's it's god troopers um what grade is he in he is in third uh my wife's second grade and
1: i've witnessed that oh yeah yeah you get it it on the other end yeah dude absolutely
0: oh i not not what they signed up for very difficult but you can see like his teacher's kind of getting in the groove and like making it interesting and he's learning and he's doing stuff. But then you go to adults who, you know, may or may not want to be in the class that they're in. And how do we get those people involved? Yep. Yeah. It just adds a whole nother dynamic to it. It's a fun challenge.
1: All right, let's dive right into this situational it. leadership. Yep. Um, and this is one of the first things that you guys teach, right? It is. Yeah. Yep. So give me like a general overview of what situational leadership is applies to
0: okay well let me let me blow your mind please do right now you can't treat all of your followers in the same fashion you can't do it seems common sense um but you it's it's not going to work out well if you if you treat the rookie like you treat the three-year guy like you treat the five year guy like you treat the 16 year guy like you treat the 20 year guy or gal it's not going to work It's just going to be detrimental rather than helpful. So this theory talks about followers, developmental levels, where they are, they break it down in four categories and it discusses it in two forms in the followers competence. So how good are they at doing their job? How proficient are they? Do they have the skills? Do they have the knowledge? Do they have the ability and their commitment? So how motivated are they? Um, How, committed to maybe this particular task are they how committed to the overall mission are they do they know the overall mission you're going to get me going down a rabbit hole with mission here Um, i was just going to ask
1: so like commitment uh also is it competence or competency i always say competency
0: am i wrong i feel like i'm wrong i don't i don't know dude i have an english degree i don't know you say whatever you want as long as the, the problem with linguistics is if you say it and i understand it then you said it right competency it is competence whatever we'll get it
1: yeah, commitment. I feel like that's a, that's a loaded word because is it is this commitment to the task
0: we're talking about? Is this commitment to the whole organization? Like, right. So let's let's subdivide that for a little bit. So um, commitment looks at motivation. So is it intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivation? Am I self motivated or I need somebody to give me a nudge? Right. And confidence. So where does confidence come from? How do we do that? Well, I would argue that confidence comes from competence. Right comes from that and it comes from experience so how do we build those things and and i think you can kind of see the progression of the followers developmental level right yep so you can see as the skills grow maybe confidence will grow at some point your skills are going to exceed the mission so now your confidence and motivation is going to decrease so how do we get that back up and where do we want to eventually end well we eventually want to end at a point where you have high competence and high commitment. You're good at what you do and you're motivated to do those things because the job allows you to, because the job allows you to. So that's where we want the follower to be. How do we impact that as the leader? That's the real question. So you and I are talking about it as far as our scope goes from the leader's point of view. How do we influence I'll say, I'll say a bad word. How do we manipulate our followers Mm -hmm. to do those things? How do we manipulate them into becoming more skillful, better at what they do? Yeah. In a perfect world, you would want them to just want to do it on their own. Right. Not always going to happen. Not, not going to happen from jump. Right. So look at somebody who's brand new. Look at somebody who's brand new. Right. They're going to face a lot of failures, arguably. Someone on F- FTO is going to fail. It's going to happen because you don't have the competency. You don't have the skills yet. You went through the academy, and then you're sitting in the car on, uh, on FTO, and you realize, whew, that's a little bit different. are dealing with real human people. So FTO is to build both of those things, but they want to be there. They've worked hard for six, seven, eight months, however long it is, to get there. So their commitment is through the roof right? Yep. So how do we build those things up as the leader? How do we do that? W- what do we need to do? Well, we need to adjust fire on them, right? Mm-hmm. Again, you can't treat your FTO guy the same as you treat your FTO, right? You can't treat yeah. your rookie in the FTO in the same fashion. There's a form of leadership. There's a form of autonomy that you give to that FTL. I trust you to do these things, right? That you're not going to have with the rookie. So just like the follower developmental level, I'll segue into the leadership level, right? Or the leader behaviors is uh, how we talk about it. So they talk about it in two ways and it coincides with the competence and the commitment. So they talk about it in directive and supportive. So how much instruction? direction am i giving you and how much support how much am i trying to motivate you how much am i telling you like yo dude you can do this am i providing that person you can see that like where the mismatch might occur yeah right so like if i have a rookie let's talk about a rookie real quick so i have a rookie low competency high commitment i really want to be here i really want to learn how to do this right i really want to learn how to do this what do you need to be as a leader? You need to be highly directive and their support, their uh, commitment's already high. So we don't need a whole lot of like motivation going towards them, right? So you need to be very directive. Okay. I want you to do A, B, and C and you're going to do it by doing one and then two and then three and then four in that order, that specific way, call me between two and three to make sure we're on track for four. Because they don't have the set of skills because yet. Because they don't have the set of skills yet. Now imagine, imagine <laughs> taking a 20-year-old, a 20-year-old, no, 20-year-old. We year, do this from 20 year old Yeah, we do. 20-year uh, guy or gal, right? And they're handling a domestic or something that you get called to every day. And you call them and you say, I want you to do the same way that I'm telling the rookie how to do it. The smile on my face is so big right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, they might hang up on you, <laughs> right? But also what's it going to do? It's going to undercut you as the leader that you don't recognize there are different developmental levels. Yep. Uh, some people look at it like micromanaging. I was just going to say that. I think. Yep. Yeah. And I would make an argument that micromanaging can be a tool. Yes. But micromanaging is a problem when it's misplaced. Absolutely. So
1: I think, well, and I'll just interject real quick. It's a tool in the sense of it's done for a short term period of time. If micromanaging is your leadership philosophy, that's when you're going to have problems.
0: So what's micromanaging? Micromanaging is high directive, low supportive, right? That's for the people who are low competence, high commitment, right? That's it. It works for them. Absolutely, it works for them. If you're not micromanaging your rookies, how do you know where they're at? You don't, right? And they're going to be flying by the seat of their pants and not know what they're doing. You kind of got to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and not in like a malicious kind of way. You just need to make sure that we're developing developing on pace. That's it. Sorry, I went down a rabbit hole with rookies here. I like rabbit holes. So rookies make sense because we, we have rookies out right now. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's something that everybody can kind of relate to. And you look at it with, um, just even new guy, new guy on a job, new task, you know, this, this is person oriented, but I would argue that it can be task oriented as well. So maybe it's a task that you sort of know what you're doing. Maybe you don't know what you're doing and you want to do it specialized unit. Okay. CNT SWAT something 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 like that where okay so you're high competency high commitment patrol person right base job you go into specialized unit and you think who I don't I don't know I don't know if I know what I'm doing here like I really want to be here I'm not really sure that I have like all the all the everything well, well duh if you had everything, you would have been in that unit way before that. Right. Yep. So now you just got to add your decks. Things got to change. Y- yeah. So as a leader, we need to recognize that we're bringing new people into any sort of unit, any sort of thing. Um, new people onto your team, new people into your patrol section. Right. You you have your own little fiefdom over there. And uh you know, I'm sure you do this and you recognize, okay, I have somebody new. They don't they don't quite know exactly how I do things. They don't exactly know how I what the mission is. They don't know exactly what I want calls on, what I don't want calls on. So, it's incumbent upon you to recognize that they're now back down to a lower level of development because by virtue of moving, they've relinquished some of their skills that they had from a different area because now thing, the job's changing a little bit and you provide them with that.
1: Yeah, I've done this several yeah. times when, when people come over to the area that I work where they may be very competent yep. and still have that drive and commitment. However, I like things done a certain way. Sure. So I, I kind I of, don't, I don't know if I would say micromanaging, but I might be a little more critical on the reports. I might be a little more critical on the way they handle things on scene temporarily Sure. just so they know, Hey, here's why I like things in this nice little neat package. Mm -hmm. And then you let them free, let them go. I hope I'm not jumping ahead of you here. No, I, I I would like you to push me in whatever direction you want this to move in. So there's four followers, developmental level
0: things here. Yep. Explain those to me. Basically it, it goes with the competence and commitment. And where they are. So it's judged in two ways, low or high, right? Say so four things, two different ways. Uh, I'm sorry. There's actually some, there's variable. We have other things. Yes. Around. So there can be some. Right. This is this is not a science. It's a theory, right? It's It doesn't. You might be in between. You might be 2.5. Mm-hmm you know? So what your follower might be 2.5. So what's it on you as a leader? Okay. Push them to three and then four. So the end goal is to have what this calls a peak performer, which is high competence, high commitment. Good to go. So at the beginning, number one is the enthusiastic beginner, rookie, rookie, new guy, low competence, high commitment. I really want to be there. I want to learn how to do the job. I don't know how to do the job. Not a problem. We've literally all been there, right? Then you get to the disillusioned learner. Just go back real quick. That, yeah. That's like an easy one, in my opinion. What's to, that? To deal with.
1: Deal with somebody who they don't have the skill set yet, but they're very yep. motivated and ready to go.
0: Yep. Yep. I'm not a lot of issues there. You just got to teach them. But you can't tell me that you haven't seen something at some point in your career. You've worked for two police agencies now. Three. Three. Oh, Wildwood, excuse me. That's right. Yeah. Um, where it's like, all right, you went through the academy. Go get them, Tiger. Well, that's what happened in Wildwood. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So what are you doing? You're making it up as you go along. You're yep. developing your own competency through experience. Does that or does that not line up with the mission of the agency, right. or with the mission of your supervisor? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Because you're in charge. So we jump from the enthusiastic beginner to the dissolution learner. So this is where we are raising competency and we're lowering commitment so what what does that mean well it means that i've developed enough skills to do my job appropriately and now maybe i'm not challenged by that job anymore right so look at the five-year patrol person yep where you've seen it all in five years here you can see it all and you can do it all yes. arguably especially with the county police absolutely and you can get reps in yep to be very confident with it right so you have a five-year guy that's working for you and you tell you tell him or her, hey, go take care of this task because you know it's going to get done right. So maybe they're just not feeling challenged anymore. So their commitment, their motivation starts going down, right? I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again. My commitment's starting to wane. I'm not motivated anymore. I have the skills. I have most of the skills, right? I don't have all the skills, right? But I have most of the skills that will allow me to do a good job where I'm at.
1: As I say, that they might think they have all the skills. They have the skills to get by
0: at this point. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's not all the skills, but, right. you know, it's it's good enough for right now. So where's my motivation? I want something more. I want something more and I'm not getting it. So our motivation is going to dip a little bit. So then we have like the reluctant contributor. So we're going to have a lot of skill, right? We're going to be very, very competent. And now our commitment is variable right it's okay with this task i'm good right if you tell me to go do traffic stops motivated you want me to go handle some crashes no problem you want me to handle a burglary no absolutely not go pounce in right i possess the skills i just don't want to do it yep um so how do we motivate that person to Correct that, or press on.
1: What's the big difference between the disillusioned
0: learner and reluctant contributor? Is it just that competence, like level of competence? Yeah, competency. Okay. So, I would say disillusioned learner is like just enough to get by, like enough competency to get by. Knows enough. We're still sort of in the beginning stages. That's why I look at a five-year guy or gal. You're you're good at patrol at yeah. five years. You're yep. good at patrol. Mm-hmm. But if we push somewhere else you're, you're going to dip back. You know what I mean? You're, I, I would think you're looking for more challenges at that point. Well, that's why a lot of our specialized
1: yeah. units probably used to have a five-year minimum. Right. I mean, I, we've since changed that. I think
0: it's three years, three years now. Years now, now. Most, but yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, So it's, it's just enough knowledge to get by, just enough to be dangerous, right? And then you look at the number three where it's a high competency. So your skills are pretty high. You've done a lot more things. It comes from experience too. So you look at like... In, like an eight-year person has probably handled, I mean, the way we're running patrol now, you handle a bunch of search warrants, you handle all sorts of things, you handle things I would have never handled on patrol a dozen years ago with uh, CACs and things like that. So now your competency is through the roof and you're task specific with your motivation. So how do we blanket that where I don't need to, you're just motivated to go do it. I don't need as a leader to like, come on, come on, Biff, let's go handle this burglary. You know what I mean? Please go do a canvas, you know, some of the ABC stuff that you know you should be doing, but uh, who cares? I've handled a million of these and know exactly what I'm doing. Um, The end goal is that D4. Peak performer. Peak performer. You want high competency, high commitment.
1: So they have all the skills and they're highly
0: motivated. They want to get things done. They want to go do it. Best case scenario. Yep. Yep. Because what do you have to do as a leader? Let them go. That, just let them go. Just go do it. Mm-hmm. So now now we're in the realm of provide them with autonomy. Okay, Here, here's the task. Go get it. Give them a framework to work within, as so, I like to say. But other than that, give them autonomy to go do what they want to do. Right, right. And you can see how the, the leadership levels might coincide with that. Um, and where a mismatch there could provide some not great, um, not great, Results. I'll right. say this, and I'm just thinking out loud here. With the peak performer, yep.
1: that is most likely going to be a temporary state. Yeah. At some point, they're going to dip. They're going to dip. Yep. So that's this whole thing. It's it's this constant like ebb and flow of.
0: You're on the money, dude. It's it's you have to be proactive rather than reactive in your leadership style. So we've just spent however long talking about followers' developmental levels, yep. right? And that's just for us as leaders to recognize. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. really for us as leaders to go to them and be like, you know, you are an enthusiastic beginner because uh, <laughs> you uh you've exhibited low competency but a right. hey, commitment. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to hear that. No. Um so it's just for us to recognize and identify and try to quantify in some sort of way, right? Mm-hmm. you are trying to take something that's qualitative yeah. and putting it into facts and figures here, yeah. into a chart where you can say, okay, well, okay, so I have this uh, reluctant contributor. What am I going to do with, um, with somebody who is high in competence and variable in commitment? Well, I'm going to try to increase their commitment because I don't particularly need to increase their competency,
1: Right. And like the example you gave, you gave an example of somebody who's really into traffic stops and accidents. Well, put them in a position to where they go do that. Right.
0: Right. End of story. Right. So then you're going to provide them with something that they're motivated to do and they're capable of doing. And you're just going to have to wind them up and set them down. You don't need to sit there and say, okay, so there's a, uh, there's been speeding issues on road, whatever, right? I want you to go sit there and do radar and log all your tickets or you know, whatever. You're just going to say, Hey, here's the problem. You good to go fix it. Yep. Okay. Roger go wind them up, set them down. So let's talk about leader behaviors. If you, if you want to jump into that, absolutely. And how that, and what we can do. So what we can do, so we talk about directive and support. So how much do we need to tell people what to do and how much do we need to motivate them or provide them with support or listen or, um, attention type behaviors right what do we need to do so obviously with an enthusiastic beginner we need to be highly directive and low supportive because they're happy to be there and they don't know what they're doing yep um, in the cleanest cut terms where they sort of know what they're doing right and then you look at the disillusioned learner where we're building we're building on that first thing so now we have some now we have some competence but we're kind of out kicking our coverage here so what do we need to do? We are going to start being, you know, keep that direction. We're going to keep that direction going, right? Because we want to grow those skills, keep growing those skills. We don't want it to be stagnant with just what gets us by. And we're going to keep that support high. Motivate them, right? Give them attention. Because they're kind of in that in-between zone.
1: Right. Like they're, they're going one direction or the other. Mm-hmm. They could go backwards. They could go forward. So let's make sure they go forwards, right? They still, they, they're not perfect yet. They still don't have that high level of competency. So we're going to direct them. And we're going to give them that support, right?
0: Right. Directing and support. Both of those two things are are going to be high. And you can kind of see that. um, I'll, I'll jump to an example later, but you can see how it really, really works in real life where, okay, so I want you to do A, B, and C, and I know you can do it because you've just completed this course of training or you wouldn't be here if you didn't have some sort of skills with this, right? With a specialized unit, right? Right. You, you wouldn't. We wouldn't have selected you if you didn't have these skills. So I know you can do this. Right. So there's some supportive type behavior, and here is how you're going to do it. Here's our SOPs. Here's how we do things. Let's go over them together. I, I know you can get it. You're you're good at it. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. So here's how we're going to do it. Right. That's not. That's not going to. That's not going to hinder anything. Right. Because the
1: other way of doing it is bringing them into the unit, not giving them that support and just being like, well, yeah, dude, you're here. Congratulations. It out. Way to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah figure yeah. it out. Figure it out. Good luck. And
0: now they're lost in the sauce. Right. And what are they going to go down? They're just going to drift off. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, you're you're going to have somebody's lost. And the, the goal with this is, again, is to push everybody to that peak performer in some form or fashion. And again, not everybody's going to be the same peak performer.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I think peak performer looks different for everybody. It's not always going to look the same for every guy. I think Absolutely. you also have to realize that. And I've talked about this on previous episodes. I think Jeff McGuire and I talked about it, but I have a certain set of standards for myself. Yeah. I, that may not be the same set of
0: standards for another person. You can't push them on everybody. You right. can't because we're all different. I've tried. And if you try to blanket, you're going to ostracize at least a few people. Yep. Right. And this is more of an individualized sort of thing. So how do I adjust to you as an individual? You, how many people uh how many people are, are under you nine nine that's a lot of people it is that's a lot of people to look at here with this yep but it's gonna be worthwhile absolutely right um where were and we? I'll say this
1: of the yep. nine one of them has nine years on yeah. everybody else is less than five yeah ah right, so you're
0: so they're actually all kind of falling into the two and threes two and threes yeah. for the most part so let's look at let's look at our threes Right. So we've done coaching. So then we need to go to supporting. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's somebody who is has the high competency level. Right. Some fundamental competency, not just at the task at hand or the job at hand, has some fundamental competency, um, probably gained through experience, probably gained through training. Right. Because you, you really can't go to a lot of trainings until you hit like three, five years here. Yep, right? Exactly. So you're rocking and rolling at that point. Um, And you're just variable with your commitment. What's my job? I mean, okay, I kind of do want to do this. I kind of don't want to do this. So as a leader, what do we need to do? We need to support, right? Increase the motivation. Kind of look at it and sit down and give some attention and say, like, what's going on?
1: Is this saying support them and what they want to do? You it's, know what I mean? Like, Because your, your D3, if I'm reading this right, is... Yeah high level of competency and they just enjoy doing like a certain subset of things. So is this saying support them in those things or just general support?
0: So it, you look at it with, um, like providing them with some autonomy at that point, Okay, providing them with some decision making and facilitating their problem solving. If, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, you might have a D3 who comes to you with with an issue, whatever it is. Hey, I want to do a search warrant on this house. And you say, okay, cool. You you have all the skills to do this. I know you do. So uh, go go do it. Let me know what you need. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this? You know what I mean? Yep. What do you think you should do? And they're going to say, well, I think I should do A, B, C, D, E, F. And you're going to go, okay, that might not be how I do it. You're not going to tell them that. No. That might not be how but I that's do it. A, But
1: that's, that's a JP special right there. I've seen you do that
0: numerous times where it's like, well, what do you think you should do? Yeah. We're skinning cats, man. We're skinning cats. Yeah. And as long as I, I judge things, as long as it's ethical, as long as it's legal, and as long as we're within policy, we're good, dude. We're good. Might not be the way that I would do it, but we have to kind of learn by doing sometimes, right? So mm-hmm. we're going to stretch that competency as far as we can go. And all I'm going to do is sit there and support. And then afterwards, we're going to debrief it. I'm, I'm the king of talking about it. Unbelievably. We're going to talk about it later.
1: But that takes confidence with, as the leader to give your people that autonomy. Because you want to do it B, whatever B way is. And they come up with C. You know C will get the job done.
0: But you're like, man, if you would just do B. But anyway, you let them do their thing. Yeah, you let them do their thing. Because you recognize. You take a look at this and you recognize. Their competency is high. They know what they're doing. Maybe they just need a nudge to say, I know what you're doing too, and you're making the right decision here, and I support that.
1: And they're never going to get to that high performer level if you don't allow them to do stuff. Yeah. You got to let them make their own
0: decisions. Failure's got to happen, bud. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Um, it's just got to happen. And maybe it's small failures. Um that you can take and you can learn from okay so so with the search warrant this went well that went well this could have gone a little bit better maybe we plan for this next time okay roger that yep and we do our debriefs like i so i i run a uh, run what should be a five-man street crimes team right now we have a vacancy so it's a it's a four-man team but if we do something that's you know high risk or felony car stop or something like this we sit down and we talk about it afterwards okay here's what we did well Here's what we can do better next time because we're always looking to grow. Uh, I'm sure it drives some of my dudes up the wall, so be it. Um, but that's how I look at and I assess competency here. Okay, so these guys know what they're doing, so I'm just going to let them go. How how much risk is in this play that we're going to do? Okay, then you call the call the play. Yeah, you call the play. Uh, what are we doing tonight? You know, where are we going? How are we going to do this? What's our what's our deployment method? And you can gauge where they are in their developmental level. And then you can adjust fire with your leadership level because eventually you want to get people to that um, peak performer. And you want to do that by really having low direction and low support. Here's the task get it done. But you can see where the mismatch comes in with Mm -hmm. here's the task. Get it done. New person. Yep. Absolutely. Right. So we were talking about um, we were talking about like uh, how this translates over to children. So I have two kids just for a little background. I have two kids. I have an eight-year-old and almost a five-year-old. Happy birthday, bear. Almost. So we go to the park the other day. There's a fireman pole, right? So my eight-year-old up and down it. No problem. My four-year-old's looking at me like I asked him to do trigonometry. He's never seen one of these before, (laughs) right? But it looks awesome. I really want to do it. Looks awesome. Never done it before. Look how much fun Dominic's having. I want to have that much fun, right? high motivated, low competency. So what do we do as the leader, as dad? Walk over there, say, all right, buddy, here's how we're going to do it. You're going to grab a pole like this. You're going to lean forward. You're going to put all your body weight on it. You're going to wrap your legs around it. You're just going to hang there. And then eventually you're going to let yourself slip down. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Directive. Right. Highly directive. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. So then he does it like, uh, does it like one or two times. And it's like, I don't know. Right. Maybe fell. I think he fell one time, just like gripped and like, boom. Right. Yeah. So now what does he do? Now he gets up and he's like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So you possess the skills. So now we're in that like D2, D3 area. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. Right. Like, ah, so you, you learn just enough to hurt yourself on it. Right. <laughs> So, I got no buddy. Come on, we're going to get back on. You can do this, right? So now I'm adjusting from directive to supportive. Now, come on, you can do it. Go ahead, get back on. I want to send mommy a video of this. Wouldn't it be cool to show mommy a video of this, right? So, you know, bold move. Got to do it. Got to do it. Have to send mommy the video. Uh, So, yeah, okay. So now we've reignited our motivation, right? So now we want to do it. We want to show mommy how competent we are, right? Mm -hmm. So now we've reignited that motivation. We have competency right maybe we failed once okay so we fall did you get hurt did you get hurt you didn't get hurt because there's mulch everywhere okay good to go great so go show mommy go do it okay no problem goes and does it right oh man that was great great job real well done like ah, mommy's gonna be so happy to get that video and what's he do goes and does it without being prodded some more right Mm -hmm. so now he's just playing i just doing the thing what do i need to do as a leader as dad i don't need to direct anymore don't need to motivate anymore you just step away um, it's ridiculous that it would be a fireman pole. Uh, that's typically not allowed in our house. You know what I mean? Right. Firefighter stuff. Yeah. You, you're a firefighter. No. Uh, oh my gosh. How dare you? I, that's a whole nother breed. I got to tell you, I don't really care about that whole like firefighter cop thing. I just think it's funny <laughs> to play into that. <laughs> so uh,
1: give me an example of this continuing yeah. with, uh, the kid's story. Yeah. So he was a high performer. Mm hmm right need a little support yep little direction yep give me an example like would go to another fire pole and it's 10 feet
0: high oh, dude i'll do it i'll do it for you so um my wife uh my wife we were giving her some alone time right so sometimes we do mommy alone time so what we do is we'll do uh what i call a park tour so we'll go to just a bunch of different parks we ended up in newark mm-hmm. so we had the fireman pole right cool good to go peak performer on that right oh, good daddy to go. doesn't yeah good to go Go to a different park, right? And there's this weird, like, open sort of tunnel that goes up a story or whatever it is. It goes up to a second platform. And it's just like, if you can imagine big circles, and then there's a pole at the bottom that is arched that goes to the platform, right? Yep. Well, again, so we had high competency with that fire pole, right? Boom. Here comes a new challenge. Dude, I haven't seen one of these before. What do I do? Okay. Well, now we're starting all over again. All over right? again. So again, sees his brother just ripping and rolling on it. Um, and he wants to go up too, because we want to do everything our brother does. So he gets there and he starts to get up, starts to go, and realizes once he gets a little bit of height, once he gets taller than he is, higher than he is, realizes like, ooh, I screwed up because mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. And then again it's on an it's on an arch, so it changes. So it starts as like sort of a ladder and goes to like sort of a stepping stone oh, sort right, of thing, yeah. right? So he gets right to that like pinnacle of where it starts arching and he's like, ah. <laughs> you just see like he really wanted to do it. And now he just realizes that he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. Okay. So I get beneath him. I'm like, I okay, can put this foot here, put that there. Like, okay, we're going to do it. And that actually took a few times because that was, he was pretty scared because he went kind of high up. Yeah. So we do it a few times and he starts doing it by himself. And again, same progression. Right. So it's the same progression. Right. Uh, this time I didn't have to uh, like bait him in with mommy. Right. So now it was just, let's do it. Right, go up there, so you can go down the slide, dude. That slide looks awesome. Let's do it. So now we're shifting into less of the skills that are required to climb this thing, and more of, hey man, look at the reward you get when you can do. Like you possess the skills now. Let's do it. I want to go down that. Slide. That slide is huge. It looks like it goes so fast. Wouldn't that be so fun to go do that? And he's like, yeah. yeah, you know that would that would be fun. So now I found a reason to. Uh, employ these skills. Okay, now I'm going to do it. All right, great. Get up there like, dude, you made it. That's awesome. Great work. Go down the slide. Let's see the slide. That was real fast. You are going to do it again? You are? Cool, man. Go do it again. And then eventually you just drift off into the ether and yep. they just go and do their thing. Um I think I think it works I think it works really well from a from a leadership perspective you know, in a work setting, like, yeah, this works well. It's, um, it's a little bit harder to recognize a little, takes a little bit more trial and error from a leadership point of view, but like at home or like, I always look at this as like working out, you know, we talked about, we talked about if I was, if I was going to say, Hey, Gene, let's do, let's do a hundred burpees, Gene, let's do a hundred burpees, but we're going to do it in 10 minutes. Yeah. And I charted out minute by minute okay the first minute we're going to do it as an imam but the first minute we're going to do 12 minutes 12 burpees okay is that cool with you are you able to do that okay you are going to okay we're going to go down the ground and i want you to like really push hard off the ground and uh you know bring your feet up between your hands and then we're going to jump like super high you're going to do that i know you can do it you know what i mean? not knowing that i'm a peak performer at burpees. so let's say i treat you as anything other than a peak performer in this right I provide you with so much direction, I chart it out like, okay, we're going to take the whole 10 minutes. If I tell you we're going to take the whole 10 minutes to do 100 burpees. I'm going to think you're silly. Right. Right. So what have I done? I I didn't do my research on you, who's my follower, right? And it's going to drive you through a wall and it's going to really undercut me as the leader because I haven't recognized your skill set. I haven't recognized where you are in your job.
1: Which shows many many levels to that as far as like, yeah. this guy doesn't even know who I am. He didn't even take the time to learn
0: about me. Right. I I'm I do 100 burpees with my eyes shut.
1: Now I know more about burpees than he does. Now I'm questioning your right. competen- competency yourself.
0: Right. Right. Now where are we? Yeah. So there's no problem with not knowing or asking as a leader, right? And, and that sort of thing. Um, I got promoted to sergeant and they put me in charge of uh, people who FTO'd me. You know what I mean? So wow. it's uh, it's you have people calling you. Some of them are here, some of them not here anymore. Um, Dave Caduced was one of the best for that. He's a good dude, mm-hmm. but he would call me and he'd be like, "Here's what I got. Here's what I'm gonna do." I said, thanks, Dave. I, you know, I really appreciate it. You know, thanks for calling me. Uh, did you think about doing A, B, C, and D? And he's like, "Yep, thought about thought about doing all that. I'm gonna take care of it. Don't worry about it." I said, all right, dude, thanks. Thanks so much. You know, I'm sorry to be pesky with you with that. It's like, man, you know, we've we've had new supervisors before. Don't worry about it. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. They have, haven't they? Yeah. This is brand new for me. Mm -hmm. Brand new for me, but it's old hat for them. Maybe they've run through it. And eventually you evaluate the developmental level of your followership. You know, it might be task specific. Might be task specific. Okay. Oh, you're handling this burglary. Okay. You know what you're doing. Great. You're property crime specialist. No problem. You need help on a DUI. Okay. I'll help you. What do you? What do you? Yeah, eating? that was I'll one things,
1: That was one of the things we talked about. One of my early critiques of this theory was I felt like it didn't really take the task at hand into consideration. So the the person might be a peak performer at X, Y, and Z, but not A, B, C. But
0: really, if you think about it, it is task specific. Like it depends what they're doing. You're doing yourself a disservice if you think. That I get you in one facet of your career or one facet of your life to be a peak performer, and then I just go, "Well, my job here is done." Yeah, this is an ebb and flow. This is an ebb and flow, and it's task specific. That's that's all there is to it. I mean, I hate to go back to fitness all the time, but look at look at running, um, look at something like that. Where if you take a little bit of time off. Right. So like I took a little bit of time off from running over the winter because I'm a baby and it's cold. So <laughs> um, I mean, listen, I'll, I'll take a look at myself. Um, so where was I before? Like, I didn't need any direction or any motivation to wake up and go run. That's it. So now I'm kind of like wavering, like, oh man, how did I do that before? I'm looking through some of my workout journals, like, where, where was my pacing? Where was this? Okay. What's my strides per minute looking like? How do I need to do it? Okay. Like I can do this. Let's okay. What am I going to do for myself? I'm going to pick out my playlist. Okay, great. Looking forward to listening to this specific thing. So I got to kind of like trick myself and motivate myself to get back to that peak performer. Yep. Right. Um, but with whatever lifting or burpees or whatever, I'm good to go. Cause I've been doing that all winter. No problem. You want to ride a road, road bike? Okay, cool, man. No problem. I've been doing that in, in the warmth and comfort of my basement because, again, I'm soft. Big um, baby. Yeah, big baby. Get the baby a bottle. <laughs> um, you you talked
1: about running, but I'm on this uh, jiu kick now. But it's the same thing. Like, I used to do it. I might have – Nah, I wouldn't even say I got to a D2, but I've always kind of been a D1. Yeah. Um,
0: Same thing. Take a long break from it. Oh, I haven't wrestled since, like – maybe maybe the last time was like seven years ago, you put me on a mat right now and how would you like to tap me out? You know what I mean? You, you pick, you're gonna pick. You just let me know how you'd like it to be. Cause you know, um, as far as developmental level, like I was a C plus student, like wrestling and jujitsu, like real C plus, very average, yep. right? So now where am I gonna be? I'm not gonna pick back up and be average again, no, right? So that's, so that, that actually- This really applies to so many things in life. That really transitions me nicely to um being a leader and a follower right if you want to be a good leader let's be a good follower too because you're always going to have somebody ahead of you and recognizing recognizing where you are so how do i take some autonomy of myself so i want to get to a point where my boss doesn't need to tell me exactly what i need to do and doesn't need to be like all right gepper go get them you know i know you can do that you know like kind of thing right Um, how do I get to that level? Well, I I can demonstrate those sorts of things, right? I can, I can get trainings, I can get experience, I can handle things competently. And then, um, you know, when you have like an outside cat and it just brings birds to your doorstep, right? You're not like, okay, cat, go get a bird today. You know what I mean? Like I, I can just be that cat and I can drop the bird off and be like, good bird, right? My boss can be like, great bird. And that's it. You know what I mean? You can demonstrate that level of competency. I can understand the mission. I can clarify the mission. Hey, sir, how do you want this done? You would like it done like that? Roger that. I'll take care of it just like that. No problem. Be a little proactive in a followership too. But that goes with uh, a lot of different things, You know, whether it's fitness. How do I want to achieve this? Okay, where am I on this chart level? Where am I in my developmental level? Okay, cool. I think fitness is weird because you're the leader and the follower.
1: Yeah, and probably conversation for another time, but- I was going to ask the question. And I don't think you're going to have an answer for it, but what do you do if you have the leader who just doesn't want to change and just keeps putting you in
0: the wrong category? So it's it's difficult. And I do think that's a discussion for another time because that's that goes down a whole different rabbit hole of followership. You mean you shouldn't ask them, have you been to command and leadership? You should ask them and then judge them harshly if they haven't. <laughs> Um, harshness and uh, side-eyed glances. But so basically it's just like a a little one-off right now of like trying to adjust followership level. I I think you can probably force that just a little bit or, or we'll pull a page out of old Jocko's book, right? we will put the ego aside because this, this kind of goes into that. So if I, Really motivate you, and you're like, dude, I know what I'm. Or I really direct you, and you say, dude, I know what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's y- you might lash out at me, like in an informal setting, right. right? But if I structurally outrank you, what do we need to do with that? Well, we might need to swallow our pride and be like, no problem. Yep, Roger that. We're skinning cats here. Yep, no problem. You want to tell me how to do this thing? Roger that. Let me take a note. Okay, but I think that if you show that you are understanding. If you demonstrate your understanding as a follower, um, I mean, how many different leaders have you worked for?
1: Yeah, a ton. I was just going to say, like, unless a person is really being vindictive. Right.
0: And they recognize that you can do the job, they're going to let you go do it. Yeah. I, I'd agree. As long as you can show that you're on the same page of music, we're, we're understanding the mission altogether. We are understanding the uh, tactical plan of how to achieve that mission. Okay, here's a strategic plan. Here's the overall goal. And here's a tactical plan. Exactly how we're going to do it. Okay, roger that. No problem. might not be my tactical plan, but I understand that should I ever progress to that leadership position, I might change that sort of thing. Or I might see where it works, what works, or what virtues have about it. Um, But it comes into kind of putting that ego aside a little bit sometimes as a follower and being like, okay, no problem. Let me write that down. I got it. Got it. I might not wholeheartedly agree with it, but in a paramilitary organization like you and I are in. If somebody of superior rank comes to you and says, do this thing, the answer is like, well, sir, I think it could be done (laughs) in a a very specific different set of way. No, it's it's okay. Roger, I'll take care of that. How would you like that? And and then asking clarifying questions. Okay, so maybe maybe that leader to you is being uh, high supportive, right? Like, hey, you can do this. Go get it. And you're like, dude, I don't know how to do this. So maybe you go to him and you say, hey, sir, I need some more ma'am. Need some more direction on this. I, yep. I, I need some more direction, um, or you go to them and say like I th- I think I think I know how to do it. What do you think of this plan? That's how we ask for more supportive behavior, right? Yep. So no, that's a good plan, right? Yeah, that's a that's a decent plan. I mean, I I recently experienced that going through. Um, I think I've been a team leader on our SWAT team, the junior team leader on our SWAT team for about a year. Right. And I've progressed straight through this. I'd been a cop for a dozen years. You know what I mean? So like 11, 12 years. Um, But it's not beneficial for me to step into a new position and be like, I know what I'm doing here. Get out of the way. Right. So it started with like, here's my operation order. What do you can you take a look at it? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm thinking of doing this. Is this like in our standard operating procedure? So like now I'm moving to like a two, like I have some company and I've done a couple of them. Like I'm thinking of doing this thing. I know we trained this. Mm -hmm. You think it's a good thing to try? Yeah. I think it's a good thing to try. Okay. Roger that. Got a little more support going on. Right. And then we're, we're dealing with more support as competency grows. And eventually now it's just like, uh, here, here you go. Here's the op order. And they go, okay. And that's that.
1: Because the other side of that is being a peak performer on patrol, coming into swap, being a team leader, still thinking you're a peak performer. Right. And then you're just freaking yourself out
0: because you don't have well, you might have the motivation, but you definitely don't have the skill set. Right. You gotta take it, you gotta put it aside and say there's a lot to be learned here. And I frankly, I still don't think that I am I, I mean, there's just a lot to be learned with that aspect. There's a lot of liability. There's a lot of things to take into consider. How much risk am I gonna ask these these other people to incur on my behalf, you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Um, is it calculated? Is it is it tried and tested? Is it something that we've trained on? If it's not something we trained on, what are we doing? So it's a lot of questions to have. And I, I wouldn't even, uh, I mean, I think my competency is getting there with that. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm at the peak of that yet. I, you know, There's a lot to learn. It's just funny looking at that and going through something like that so far in your career you know, I'd been a supervisor, I'd handled things and you get thrust into a new supervisor position with all sorts of different facets. And if I took the attitude of like, I know what I'm doing, no problem. I handle whatever comes my way. You know what I mean? I would doing be doing everybody, including myself, a disservice by not being open to learn a little bit more. Yeah. I just
1: had this conversation with Dan Rogers. We were talking about how I'll just take my career, for example. I haven't had a chance to get complacent in doing anything because I've done something different every two to three years. Like right when I start to get, I don't think I've ever been a D4 really, but when I start to get to that point, it's something new. And boom, right back to the. And I enjoy that personally. Yeah. Because I I never get bored doing anything. Uh, But you just have to be
0: humble enough to be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I jumped from um, the drug unit to the PIO. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you about being a D1 all over again. Let me tell you about being the new guy all over again. Right. And some of it is uh, okay, no, no problem. I'm going to, I'm going to go to my boss and ask for his uh, Lieutenant Bradshaw at the time. Um, I must have annoyed that guy quite a bit because I was like, uh, Hey, sir. Uh, <laughs> you know, it went from like proofreading, news releases. You know, you see the progression again. And I guess the thing to hammer home here is, you're going to be in this progression for forever. It's going to happen for forever. The the only thing certain here is change, right? The only thing that doesn't change is change is coming and you're always going to be thrust into some new position in some form or fashion, whether it's a new sector, a new assignment, new unit, new coworkers, new something. And it's just being able to recognize from a leadership point of view, where's their developmental level. And then if you want to be introspective and say, okay, where am I? How, how has this been working for me? What's changed? What do I need to better about myself from like a follower level? With these theories, we look at it specifically from the scope of leader to follower. And we don't particularly, particularly examine the follower to the leader because it's a command and leadership class. Right. Um, but I think it's interesting to talk about here how we can have some autonomy, some agency in ourselves and make our own decisions about what type of follower we want to be. And um, some of that's going to the leader and saying, hey, ma'am, what do you want? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, something I was just thinking is to get from a D3 to a D4, right? I know we're kind of wrapping up here, but I, you reluctant, as as you want. reluctant contributor to peak performer. Not everybody's going to become a
0: peak performer in the sense
1: of I think you have to want to be a peak performer.
0: Yeah, I, I think... Again, I think it's task specific, right? Task specific. So, what sort of task are we gonna are we gonna make it to? Or are we gonna enable these guys? guys All right,
1: take that to. back because I'm just thinking of people in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, name them.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking of people in my head that are not peak performers. They're kind of stuck in this D three, and they've been stuck there for years. It's maybe it's not that they don't want to be a peak performer. It's just that the Job task hasn't found them yet, or they haven't been put in that position yet. Maybe I think that's more
0: accurate. Maybe they haven't been provided the leadership support right. to become that peak performer. And a lot of it, as a leader, is looking inside and thinking, um, "What can I do better?" Because it's hard to do that. At, you know, you you have a great achievement. You've you've gotten promoted. That's that's great. You know what I mean? A lot of people can just be like, okay, that's it. You know, I've, I've done what I wanted to do here. But yeah. the problem is it's no longer handling complaints and doing the small stuff. Now it's handling people. And how do we handle the people appropriately? Well, we have to provide them individualized attention. And again, this, this chart, this theory is not a one size fits all. Um, could we argue all day that D2 and D3, like the middle two, are kind of just like, you kind of just traverse that. You know, right. you, that, that can just be sort of purgatory, right, in one way or another, because we want to get to that peak performer. We want to empower people to get to that peak performer. And how do we do that? Um, ha, listen, I teach this stuff. And ha, do I always do it right? The answer is no. Um, am I recognizing that I don't always do it right and I'm trying to improve it? Sure, I'm trying to. And again, are there different leadership theories that could apply to different Uh, instances that this one doesn't apply to. Maybe we're trying to use the hammer on the screw here right now. That's not, not really working when really we need a screwdriver. Yeah. I guess that's like for later episodes too, when we talk about more theories, but um, don't look at this as a one size fits all, but look at it as how do I tailor my leadership to my specific followers? How do I empower them to be as peak as they can be? Because your peak performer is different from my peak performer is different from anybody else's, right? It's all individualized. How do we gauge that? Well, we gauge it by knowing our people, knowing their competency, knowing their level of commitment, knowing their goals, making sure they understand the mission and the plan and all that sort of good stuff.
1: Yeah, I think you did a great job wrapping that up there. One of the big things for me just taking away is – and I guess I just didn't really think about this before. This is really ebb and flow.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You're you're only going to be a peak performer for a short period of time. When you in the
0: grand scheme of things. When you look at things like this in terms of math, you know what I mean? Like two plus yeah. two equals four, it's never changing. Um, but when you look at leadership theories as far as math goes and science, it's it's just it doesn't fit. Square peg round hole. This yeah. is this is changing and this is it wouldn't be a theory. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh put put that in the dissertation, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I had one more thing I was gonna end with. Okay. I can't remember. Do you um, want to think about it? Do you want to just put some dead air on and just think about it? I'm looking through my notes now, and I got nothing for you. I think yeah, we'll I was going to ask
1: me. if you had anything else you wanted to end with. No.
0: No, great. Cool. Excellent.
1: Yeah, let's end it there. Thanks for coming on, man.
0: Thanks for having me, Gene. See you. I see you right now. You say see you later, but I see you right now.
1: All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. That wraps up episode number nine with J.P. Pizer. This was kind of an experimental episode with the leadership lesson, but I liked it. I had a good time. I enjoy having guests on and going through their lives, but I also like doing these more little educational pieces. So I think there will definitely be some more of these in the future. And as always, if you learn something, share something.